Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about Jennifer Lawrence, her new R-rated summer comedy, No Hard Feelings, and the implications of having an R-rated summer comedy return and whether or not Jennifer Lawrence can revive her career. Now, I brought it up to May, my Wednesday co-host, if we could do an episode on J-Law and have kind of like an actress versus actress that we've done in the past, but one of us take the position that Jennifer Lawrence's career is over and the other one will champion that this is going to be her return to form. She didn't want to do that. She 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 does not like Jennifer Lawrence enough to do that topic. So I thought I would play both roles. And talk about Jennifer Lawrence, do a quick retrospective of her. And the funny thing is this, look, Jennifer Lawrence is only 32 and she's been acting at least 15 years. She's been in the zeitgeist. Certainly her peak was probably about 10 years ago in terms of being in the zeitgeist. But it's phenomenal to think that she is so young. It's kind of like Britney Spears is not even 40 years old, but she's been so relevant since the late 90s that we think that she's older than that. And let's not compare, please, Jennifer Lawrence to Britney Spears, because Britney Spears, sadly, is off the rails, and we have an episode here, and her psychotic breaks, and we, you know, we pray for her. So if you're not familiar, and I don't know when this episode is going to come out, but there is a new summer rom-com called No Hard Feelings, and I think it's slated to come out on June 23rd. So I'll probably release this the weekend that it comes out, and I'm recording this in, in May. And so No Hard Feelings is a movie that essentially she's playing herself, which is good because I think if any of you know anything about Jennifer Lawrence, when she does interviews, she's very like loose and very casual. I don't mean like sexually loose, like she's like, but she's just very like calm, loose, and, and just down to earth and just funny. And it's good to see her do her role where she can play that up. And this is the type of role where she where, where she's going to be that way. So I would recommend you watch the trailer if you haven't seen the trailer. The, the premise of this is she is a down and out, out of luck kind of whore, cheating whore. And she's going to lose her house, her parents' house. Her, her, I think her parents are divorced or dead. I'm sorry, they're dead. And she is broke. And so there's an ad that's put out by two parents. Matthew Broderick plays one of the parents. They have like essentially an incel 19-year-old son who's this gawky, skinny, weirdo, socially phobic son. And so they hire her to essentially man him up by screwing him and kind of teaching him the ways of the world. Now, the director of this is Gene Stepnitsky, who did Good Boys. Now, Good Boys was a comedy that came out maybe two years ago that it's hilariously funny. And it, 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 I think they're junior high kids. And it's essentially super bad for junior high kids. It's a very funny movie. And the trailer of this movie looks good. It looks like it's going to be funny. You can kind of see all the tropes that are going to be in the movie. Now, whether or not this can resurrect her career is interesting. I don't know because 
as I mentioned, she's only 32 years old, but a lot of things have happened in the last few years where she used to be relevant to no longer be relevant. She did marry, if you're not familiar with that, she did finally marry and she had a child. If you didn't know, she dated Darren Aronofsky, the, the director most famously, most recently I should say, for doing The Whale with Brendan Fraser, but probably more famous for doing movies like Requiem for a Dream and Black Swan. So she dated him for some time and she also dated Nicholas Holt before that, the actor who's probably most recently known for being in the Hulu show The Great with Al Fanning, one of my Sexy Saturdays. Also, he was in The Menu, the Ray Fiennes movie last year. And so she got with this guy named Cook Maroney, who's an art gallery director, and they were dating in the late part of the last decade, and they got married and in 2019, and they welcomed a child in 2022, February 2022. And so she's been married. She has a child. And it's interesting because this movie, which is coming out in June of 2023, was filmed in the fall of 2022. And if you watch the movie, she looks good. I mean, she lost, lost whatever baby weight she had. She lost it pretty fast in five, six months. I guess maybe that's one of the benefits of having children when you're younger. But here's the thing. So one of the first episodes I did, like top first 10 episodes I did, was how the theaters are in trouble and how Marvel movies and, and previous IP have kind of sent the the comedies and the dramas essentially to streaming. That You look 10, 15 years ago at the peak of the Apatow universe, R-rated comedies or comedies in general were making a killing because you could make most of these for 30, 40 million and they would many times get 70, 80 million. Again, that's profitability. That's what Hollywood... That's what matters to them. Sometimes they go over 100 million. So if you look at movies like Wedding Crashers, which is a movies I love here, if you look at Bridesmaids, if you look at a lot of the stiller movies like Tropic Thunder, these were making a killing and they were R-rated. So this is probably the first R-rated comedy to go straight to the theaters in some time. Uh, last year they had the Judd Apatow movie Bros, which was the gay kind of raunchy comedy. That did not do well. So this one, Sony, who produced this movie, is, is hoping, is really hoping that Jennifer Lawrence has got the movie cachet, the brand name, so to speak, to, be, to bring people back to R-rated comedies. And I won't see this in the theaters. As you guys know, I've, I don't watch movies in the theaters. Uh, Alien Prometheus, I think, was the only non-kids movie I've seen in the theater that I actually went to the theater to see in the last eight years. But I hope this does well because I do like R-rated comedies. I mean, who doesn't like some of those classic Judd Apatow produced or directed movies of the last 10, 15, or actually it's more like 15, 20 years, like, like Anchorman and Knocked Up and 40-Year-Old Virgin and those, and the kind of the classic heyday of those movies. Everybody liked those movies and they just no longer became profitable. So if you have an A- a-list star, whether you know, we can question whether or not Jennifer Lawrence is an A-list star. A-list star, a director of a movie, Good Boys, that did very well. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. And I'm sure Sony is going to market the heck out of this movie to make sure that people are going to go see it. And who's going to go see it? I mean, here's, here's the demo. Certainly you're going to get hormonal teenagers because the, the protagonist is a 19-year-old gawky incel with a heart of gold. Of course, they have to make him have a heart of gold. He's like a Jay Baruchel, she's out of your league kind of nerd. And Jennifer Lawrence is kind of that millennial. She's a millennial, but she appeals, I think, to women and men in their 30s because she's still seen as attractive. And certainly women who grew up watching Hunger Games will relate to her. I don't know if the Gen Zs will turn out to see her, but maybe they'll turn out to see the movie because the movie is essentially a, a kind of like an older, trashy woman trying to, to make a man out of a nerdy, gawky Gen Zer. Now, here's the question. Can Jennifer Lawrence resurrect her career? Now, at one point, I mean, she was the it girl, right? If you look at early on in her her career, Winner's Bone, she gets Academy Award nomination, if I'm not mistaken. Then she gets cast in Hunger Games, which was humongous. But prior to that, she gets cast for X-Men. And we kind of forget about X-Men, but she was in what, three of those, playing Mystique, the one that was, uh, the original movie was Rebecca Romaine Stamos. So she gets that, then she gets, that's 2011. She gets 2012 Hunger Games. She does what, three of the, four of those as Katniss. I think I've seen the first one only. And that movie, of course, blew her up. And she was young, right? 20, 21, when you get these two gigantic franchises uh, on the heel of Winner's Bone. Then she comes up with Hunger Games in 2012 and Silver Lightning's Playbook, where she wins the Academy Award. Now, May and I have talked about that in the episode we did, overrated best actress winners. And look, I, there's things I like about Jennifer Lawrence. I think she's charming in her own way, and I think she beats her own drum, but there is no way she was, should have won the Academy Award for Silver Linings Playbook. Silver Linings Playbook is a cute movie. It's a cute movie, but no way should she have won the Academy Award for playing that character. I'm sorry, but she does. So either way, she is Academy Award winning Jennifer Lawrence. And I think she was like the second youngest best actress winner of all time, forgetting that. So you look 10 years ago, she's she's just on fire. Then she does some other movies that weren't that good. The House at the End of the Street. She does Hunger Games Catching Fire. The Hunger Games movies did, of course, exceedingly well. American Hustle is a future movies I love because, man, the, the four people in that movie, the five, really, I guess it's called Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner are just on fire. So you got sexy Amy Adams, which is rare. 
You got Christian Bale, you got Bradley Cooper, and, and she's good in that movie. She gets nominated for Academy Award, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. And then then it starts going off the track. 2014, she does the last two Hunger Games, 2015 as well. And then she does Joy. Joy is the David O. Russell movie about the the woman who kind of, it's a self-made millionaire who created her own empire by doing a lot of the kind of direct-to-TV stuff. Passengers, not a good movie. That's the one with Chris Pratt, and they're on the plane. They're on the uh, the spaceship, and then he wakes up, and then wakes her up because he has a crush on her. It, you know, the movie's not bad. It's not bad, but the movie tanked. So you look at 2016. She does X Men Apocalypse, which is considered just a really bad movie. Then she does 2016 Passengers. Then she does 2017 Mother. That is the creepy weird movie she does with her boyfriend at the time Darren Aronofsky and uh, I would say that movie probably ended their relationship even though maybe it did it it's hard to date a director being in a movie and then the movie tanks 2018 is Red Sparrow that's the movie where she plays like the the Russian ballerina turned assassin that movie didn't do well then she does Dark Phoenix which is I believe that is the last of the X-Men ones that movie was just just ridiculed as being horrifically bad. Then she's off for two years, does Don't Look Up, the Netflix movie, which is it's okay. It's got the DiCaprio, the, the, the world is ending, Meryl Streep plays the president. It's definitely a satire. It's, it's okay. I would say it's okay, and she's fine in it. Then she does Causeway, which is for Apple TV. That one is pretty much nobody watched. And now she's doing No Hard Feelings. So look, she has not had a legitimate hit I mean, she has not had a non-IP hit since American Hustle. American Hustle. I mean, look. Yeah, American Hustle, I would say. I mean, she did 2014 Serena, which is a drama drama with Bradley Cooper, but that's a period movie, didn't do well. So if you look since 2013, it's been 10 years. The X-Men movies don't count because that's previous IP and most of them were garbage. Hunger Games doesn't count. Joy did relatively well, but... Passengers was a tank. Mother was a tank. Red Sparrow was a tank. Yeah. So she needs this movie to hit. She has not had a big hit since she was like 23. And if you look at American Hustle, that movie wasn't successful because of her. That was an ensemble that had much more famous people in it like Bale and Amy Adams. So here's the question. It's just, can she deliver a movie on her own? And if you look at her, her filmography, aside from really Joy, which she was the lead in, every other movie going back to Winner's Bone, where she got the attention of Hollywood, and I think she's good in that, she has been in an ensemble. Or she plays a small role, like in The Beaver. So X-Men, Hunger Games, Silver Lighting Playbook is essentially an ensemble it didn't do well because of her she was lead actress but I'll, so i'll give her credit for that and then the other movies that we talked about most of the mid-teens she's doing ip right? she's doing ip like hunger games and x-men and she does american hustle but that's an ensemble serena the drama period drama tanks and as we already talked about she hasn't really done a lot of movies in her life if you think about in the last 15 years so here's the question Will this movie do well? And more importantly, will it resurrect her career? If you look at upcoming projects, aside from No Hard Feelings, she has a movie called Mob Girl, 
I'll read the little bio for it. After years as a mob girlfriend, a woman began to get in on the action herself, eventually becoming a police informant and major witness in the government's case against a crime family. That sounds like a drama to me. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, look, she's, she's got a young child. She'll be busy raising the young child. But Reese Witherspoon continued to have a career, even though she had young children 20 years ago. So I don't think that's an excuse. I just don't know. And look, the other thing about this movie is if you look at the trailer, she's had some work done. She's had some work done. Her eyebrows look non-existent, and she's had some plastic surgery work done. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to affect her career or anything like that. As with all things, if this movie delivers and makes a lot of money, everyone's going to be like, J-Law's back, J-Law's back. I just don't know if she can open a movie because she's never shown that she can open a movie that's not IP. So we will see. We will see how this movie does. As a whole, I don't think Jennifer Lawrence is necessarily going away. Her career will never tank. She'll always find a place in television and whatnot and even do movies. But I think the peak of Jennifer Lawrence, I think, has passed. If I have to make some prediction, I think this movie will make a profit, no doubt. But I think the peak will pass. And part of that is, I mean, she had an incredible peak being in the aforementioned movies and it's hard to repeat that it's hard to repeat a humongous franchise like hunger games and being in a movie like american hustle and a well-regarded movie like silver linings playbook so it'll be interesting to see if she can do well not being in a david o russell vehicle because she's done at least what three of those and they were successful and not being a previous ip so we shall see but it after that peak of you know 2012 to 2015 or so I don't think you can better that, but we'll see. And I wish her the best. Guys, I'll post a poll over at the Cinema Rag. You let me know what you think of Jennifer Lawrence. Can she resurrect her career? There's two links in the episode notes. One's for PayPal to make a donation. The other one is for the website that hosts all the Eclipse Gregorio feeds. But the best way to listen to these is on Apple and Spotify. And when you do that, please rate and review. Until next time, take care. God bless. And pray. Thanks for listening to the Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.